Hi, everyone. Do you know Ben Griffin? Are you voting for him? You know, in 2011, after flooding a town with vote Ben Griffin signs, two Vanderbilt University professors actually asked that question in a small town pre-election poll. They asked the people in a town to respond to their poll to see which candidates the people were gonna vote for in a local school board election. 25% of the respondents reported that they were indeed voting for Ben Griffin as one of their top three choices. There was only one problem. You see, Ben Griffin wasn't a candidate. Moreover, Ben Griffin didn't even exist. The researchers concluded that having names on signs in a town clearly influences votes. Name recognition and politics influences elections. While this made news in the realm of social psychology a few years ago, it helps explain certain timeless terms in Avraham's life. You see, after the battle between the four kings and the five, where Avram, aided by his servant Eliezer, came and other, saved the otherwise lost kingdoms of Stom and Amora, and in the process freed his nephew Lot, the Torah records a strange, if not fascinating, back and forth between Avram and the king of Stom. The king begins with a request. Uh, Melech Stom turned to Avram and he said, Give me the souls. Let me have the people back and you could take all the wealth. Now Stone, as we'll stress more in next week's Parsha, was a really bad place. The Medrash notes how the people would make it their business to steal from everyone who came to Stone in such a manner that it would be just below the threshold of prosecution. The financial component of life would seem to be so important to the king. And yet he declares that he only wants the people. Uncharacteristically, he seems to ignore the money. Why? The Pesikta Zutrasa provides a different understanding of the offer. Right? He asked for the nation to repopulate the city. And when he said, take the value, take the treasure, the king of stone thought, he thought that Avram Avinu was only interested in the money. But Avram said, I'm raising my hands. You see, the king of stone was just as corrupt as his people. The only difference is that he was also a politician. And when you mix politics and corruption, the priorities are different. The king of stone would have loved to line his pockets. But there's one thing that's more important to a corrupt politician than money. That's power. If the king of stone had no followers, what would be the point of being king? And so hence he tried to handle with Avraham. He figured that Avram must only have gotten involved in this war because his nephew was captured. And now that that's over, he'd be happy walking away with the cash. It seemed like a win-win. Melch's dome becomes the hero who saved his people, but Avram would get the money. Thus, the king had one goal in mind in the exchange, to build his own brand and make a greater name for himself. And he misjudged Avram and Avram's interest in building a name. Avram was already promised that his name would be great. After all, at the beginning of the parsha, we read Vagad La Shemecha. And what does name greatness mean to Avraham? And so the Radak explains, Your activities and your name will be known to the nations of the world for your blessing and for the uniqueness and ethical value of the way you ask. 
just like happened in our story with the four kings. With few people, just him and Eliezer, says Radak, he was able to defeat four powerful armies. And in two weeks' time, we'll see that the children of Ches says, You're a prophet. You're a president of God within our midst. Avram wasn't looking to build a name for himself. His bracha was to have a reputation of being a Nesi Elohim, an ambassador of Hashem. And so while the people of Stone might not have appreciated his yashras, his meticulous commitment to doing what's right no matter the cost, when he refused the rechush, the spoils of war, his reputation as an ethical person only helped his cause in bringing people closer to the Shechina from as far away as B'nai Ches. To Avram, his good name was a means to his mission. For the king of the Stone, on the other hand, it was the mission. You know, when eyeing the narrative of the political world today, local, national, even international, everyone seems to be concerned about their name. Politicians, companies, countries, even the supposed ivory towers of the university will take positions based not on fact or ethical, but rather on popularity. While politicians claim to put the interests of their constituency ahead of their own, the definition of the best interests of the community may be very different or even antithetical to what we believe. An ideal leader, whether in the community or even leading our own home, is to be a Talmud, a student of Avram Avinu, someone who's not looking to build a name, but rather to be a good person, look out for the welfare of others and lead by example, teaching and imparting those values to others, no matter what the situation. Ben Griffin or Stone King, Name grabbers are not are ultimately not available to a community to be a source of inspiration and ethical living. You see, as men and women, they exist in name only, not really much of an existence if they even exist at all. True Torah leadership, especially in these tough times, come not from name grabbers or sneaking politicians, but rather from the committed ethical people, those who are the heirs to the dynasty of Avram Avinu, who treasure his ethics and morals and live by his example, inspiring others. We are the legacy to that dynasty. We are the Talmidim and the children of Avram Avinu. And we will prevail, not because of our name, but because of what our name represents, complete and total dedication to the mission of Avram Avinu and the promise of Hashem that we will be a bracha May that be fulfilled within us and all of our children. And may we see Yeshua Hashem quickly and swiftly, wishing you and yours and all of Israel a Shabbat Shalom to all.